Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Dr. Craig Thayer, a Christian trauma surgeon, high-level leader, and a motivational speaker. Like many of us, he's experienced tragedy, but found triumph and gained strength in adversity. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you very much, James. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was reading a little bit more about you, and you're also a radio host. Tell me about that. So through my wife, who's much more active and an extrovert, and I'm more introverted, uh-huh. um, uh, through Facebook, um, a common friend of hers knew a pastor out of Texas, Joe Schofield, and he started a, a radio show on BBS, so British mm. Broadcast Satellite, mm-hmm. uh, called Raising Expectations. So he invited her, and then I came with that, and we've been co-hosts ever since. Oh, wow. How do you like it? It's it's really interesting. I mean, we've had uh-huh. rear admirals on there that were wow. on the USS Reagan and was mm. there to give Ronald Reagan's wife his kind of American death flag, so mm-hmm, to speak. Mm-hmm. And wow. then uh, a, a CIA, uh, FBI agent uh, lady who's now just out in the world kind mm-hmm. of being the light and giving hope to people. Wow. And really, for 30 years, had a completely altered identity. So she's kind of I bet, yeah. disco- <laughs> discovering herself. Yeah. And there's things yeah. she can't talk about. Of course. To of course. people with uh, uh, dyslexia, uh, she's a t- teacher who has programs to help uh, kids gain the ability to read effectively mm. and efficiently. Um, just, you know, the, I think the last one we had was Monday was an ex um, law enforcement guy that's doing body um, guarding for different families and stuff. So he gave advice about the holidays and yeah, yeah, of course. things to watch and look for. Yeah. So just it's really so pretty diverse. You yeah. know, I was also reading that you in your, um, in your bio, it says we are more like than we know. And that's funny. That's a tagline I have for Lifeology as well is we, our, our life circumstances may be different, but the emotions we'll experience about those events are the same. And so if many people think, well, I, I can't really identify with this person or that person because they're at a different, a different quote, level than I am. But just look at the emotion they experience. When you recognize that, we all know what grief feels like. We all know what pain feels like. We all know what tra- tragedy feels like. And when you can recognize that, that removes the socioeconomic barriers. It removes so many things because we can align and realize that we can, like you said, offer hope to everyone around us. Yeah, and being a surgeon, I, I kind of word that we all bleed the same. 
you know, we all have heart and lungs, <laughs> all have heart and lungs yeah. and red blood. And, you know, we, we, we just to live a common world life. I've been able to, through sports, swimming, um, and water polo, you know, experience athletes who go to foreign countries, you know, or medical mission trips, you know, we are all built the same way. Yeah, that's a good point. It really is. Now, a trauma surgeon, I mean, that's that. I mean, at a very high level, obviously, you have to be sharp. How is it for you? You know, maybe let's talk about the first, you finish your fellowship, your residency, and then you, you're doing it obviously by yourself with no oversight, if you will. How is it for you to experience some of the trauma? And how did you make sure you didn't internalize that? In other words, getting secondary trauma or primary trauma? Yeah, um, that's the healer in you there. So speaking, <laughs> the psychotherapist. Um, yeah, I think uh, probably compartmentalizing and then uh-huh. revisiting the compartment often enough that you release mm-hmm. that energy. Yeah. Um, it does. I mean, uh, if you if you study ICU nurses, especially mm-hmm. trauma ICUs, one hundred percent of them have PTSD. I bet. So yeah. you 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 can't get around the effect of. You know, I mean, my, my, the commercial, you know, this is worth this much and that's, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, priceless, yeah. um, priceless for this. So, th- I mean, the one, when they, they, uh, someone wants to criticize me for making too much money, I'll say, okay, well, you take care of a six-year-old that was in a car mm-hmm. accident, had a severe head injury and you run them to the OR and you, you operate to try and save them and you mm-hmm. can't. So because of the yeah. head injury. And so what's that worth to you? So. Um, but that's my calling. I mean, that's just yeah, yeah. The, you know, the book I wrote was about miracles in my life that brought me mm-hmm. to where I am today, and so kind of God through me being Christian. Mm-hmm. So, um, although the book's about me, it's really about you know just the the miracle that I got to be able to do what I'm doing today. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's transition into your book. Uh, say it's called "Saved: One Trauma Surgeon's True Accounts of His Miracles of His Life." Tell me about that. So, it's—is it a memoir? Is it a what kind of book is that? It, it just—I mean, it really—it's kind of a biography. I mean, it starts. Okay. I go on medical mission trips, and I hear people each morning be asked, "Okay, what's what's your testimony for your faith?" Mm-hmm. And I would have begun mine being raised mandatorily Catholic because I was adopted. I was an orphan. Mm-hmm for about nine months. And my natural mother was courageous enough to move from Michigan. Uh, and then about that six months when she started to show and then have me in Monterey, California. And then about nine months later, I was adopted. She even had me for 10 days and held me. Oh, wow. I can't imagine wow. the fortitude yeah, she can. had to do that. Right. So, um, so, I mean, that's kind of where it starts. It, it, before that, there's a dedication to my grandmother who was there for the only adult that was there for my my life from high school, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, college, which had a lot of adversity and then just getting into med school cause I was waitlisted and then miraculously mm-hmm. got in and then, um, you know, getting through med school and residency and married, divorced, married and five kids. So, um, mm-hmm. and then she left some miracles behind at the end of her life, which was <clears throat> this clock she loved. And it chimed just before she died at 1030. Mm. She died at 1031. And then two days wow. later, it stopped at 1031. And then Are you, wow. I'm, I'm shaving amazing. shaving in the bath, the guest bathroom. And I looked down at this stool and there's this book with her eyeglasses on there and a bookmark. Mm. So she's wow. in it and planning on returning and the title's mm. gone missing. So, oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so really the book couldn't be written until 
she was gone, but she encouraged me for so many years to do that, yeah. to write the book, help people see that, hey, look, even someone you place on an artificial pedestal as a surgeon um, goes through some stuff to get yeah. to where they've gotten. Certainly. If I may ask you, well, first of all, thanks for sharing all that. If I may ask you to know that you were adopted, and this is more of a personal question, if you don't want to answer this, fine. How did that affect your identity or how did that affect your belonging um, as you as you grew up? The, the good news was my parents told us when I was five, so kind of where our recorded memories mm -hmm. begin. Okay. And it was never an issue. And my, my okay. parents said, you can find my natural family anytime you want to. And, and uh, so it was not an issue. And I, I've grown up in, in actuality, that loyalty to the parents who raised me kept mm -hmm. me from really continuing to reach out to my natural family. So my, sure. my wife is like a private investigator. So <laughs> she found my natural family's, my mother's side first, and through yeah. a picture that a natural sister that I had um, connected me with my natural father's side. And then since then, we've been out for, um, you know, family reunions and, and connected. And I, I mean, they're great people, but it's like, imagine the first connection. You don't know what your natural father's told. Yeah. My natural mother had already passed away. So it was an obituary with the Vian last name. So it's a Belgian last name. And the other other important thing was is I had the info because my grandfather was the attorney that did the adoption. So I had full names oh, and birthdays, but gotcha. not a location. And that that obit sent my wife to look in Michigan through property records of mm. their names. Smart. And boom, there's there's names that match. <laughs> and so reaching out in different ways. Yeah. So it it it, it I th I would say a loyalty to my parents that raised me. Mm-hmm kind of kept me from continuing to reach out to my natural father who was still alive and then COVID hit. And then interestingly, he couldn't hear very well. So through his wife, she would tell him what I'm saying. And then back, I could hear him speak. And then she has breast cancer, has a stroke so oh, she goodness. can hear, but she can't speak. So my, my lifeline connection and he refused to wear hearing aids. Um, <laughs> so I, I, couldn't communicate with him. So it was, oh, it was gosh. frustrating from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, you know, have that, that loyalty to your family. It's, and I know for other people that I've worked with or people I've effectively had on my show have talked about their struggle with belonging or with their identity um, since they've been adopted as well. So I'm glad to hear that that's something you haven't necessarily struggled with. Yeah. No, I wanted I mean, to ask I, you, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, I'm grateful on Mother's Day because I can say, hey, look, I had two mothers. You know, how many people that's can right. say that? So that's, that's, that's pretty true. neat. Yeah. In your faith as a Christian, I'm sure you've seen many things, you know, as, as a trauma surgeon and just in your personal life. What are ways in which you, when it doesn't make sense, when life happens, you know, you went through your first divorce. I don't know, obviously, the details of that. Uh, you're, you're working. Um, you see all this death. How do you compartmentalize or how do you understand, how does it make sense for you and your faith as far as why some of these things happen? And I know, and I know this is not, this is your personal um, response and so it has nothing to do with Christianity, it's just how you view, you view things. You know, I have my own belief system as well, which makes sense. Right. But how do, you, how do you specifically, how do you kind of work through some of those things when it just doesn't make sense why things happen? I, as a Christian, I'll say that I think God's very purposeful. And mm -hmm. I love that because if I know that he is always purposeful, then when things like that that can't be explained happen, 
I can try and examine as a scientist or whatever, mm -hmm. as a human, why? What's the purpose of yeah. that for me? And yeah. it's clear, like over the last two years, um, there's been adversity in transferring. I moved from California to Georgia. California kind of holds on to your license info to slow things down. They don't want people leaving California. So, so, um, I, I just, I can see in retrospect the mm -hmm. reasons that that purpose was there. And I call that pain to yeah. purpose. So like my, mm -hmm. my childhood, you know, the finding my mom having an alcohol problem. And then going to AA meetings at the age of 11 taught me a lot of empathy to yeah, listen to people's sure. tes testimonies. And then a physiology class in high school that, you know, wasn't adversity, but it was educational. The human body is so complex. Mm -hmm. And then the, the weird thing of me being able to get to tutor two blind students in geometry in wow. my junior year as well. So this junior year was pivotal. And then I have a twisted intestine at the end of my junior year which pulls me out. I don't, didn't take finals and I didn't get to run my yearbook around the people who I wanted to sign. Oh, but, and that was like a seed about being, becoming a general surgeon. I didn't, back then I thought either being a cardiothoracic guy or neurosurgery was the more sexy of all those, you know, the <laughs> extreme macho <laughs> chest, chest cutter, <laughs> but then residency or I should say medical school convinced me otherwise. And just general yeah. surgery was, so much more complex and then the trauma is it's a disease yeah. of rule outs right so you got to make sure you're not missing yeah. something yeah so you know, I, yeah. I my viewers and listeners have heard me say this many times i always like to look at very similar to you look at like at our look at our life like a jigsaw puzzle so we we know like the, what the picture looks like when you have the box and then as we start to put the pieces together some of them just don't make sense like well this doesn't even look like it goes here it's a completely different color i have no idea they you know manufacturer probably put something in that's wrong but as each event or as each puzzle piece comes together, we start to see that picture. And that's the, the retrospective. In other, words, in other words, that's a looking back. Oh, this makes sense. I met this person because of this. So I met I, this situation happened because of that. Now, I, I personally, and I'm sure you don't believe this as well, that God is not a God of pain or brings tragedy, but he works through that. And through that, that's what we find where there's there's purpose, there's legacy, there's awakening. There's many things that come out of that. And so, you know, when in the moment, if we have this, myopic, or in other words, just really focused look at the situation, we don't understand it. But with that, with that perspective, waiting a little bit longer, and as you, as you continue to, you know, to pray and seek God, or just to, to have that inspiration, you'll, find, you'll eventually find why it makes sense. And so I think the struggle is, in the moment, forgetting that, just wait a little bit longer. Wait a little bit longer, and I'll be able to understand how this means. It doesn't mean it takes the pain away, but it helps you understand the purpose and the connection of, how, of who you're going to be in the future, or who you are today. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I call it the dark side. So I've been on the dark side a couple of times, yeah. meaning under under anesthesia personally. So oh, literally, <laughs> twist, twisted yeah. intestine at sixteen years of age, and then in uh, it was probably about mid thirties or so, had uh, pneumonia that then leaks uh, bacteria into the outside of the lung between the chest wall and called an empyema, yeah. and then coughed a hole in my heart. And 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 back then, mm -hmm. I would say. You know, these things have, and I wasn't as great a Christian back then. So, so it was more personal that I would say, this is me being taught to be a patient. That makes me a better doctor. Mm. Yeah. I remember I've, I had a, a pretty traumatic situation where I went to the to ER and I was talking to them about certain things and, um, 
and the, the doctor was probably one of the most un how do you say this? Uh, there's no compassion in with with, mm. with with his bedside manner. And I remember as I was as he was talking to me, I left that I left that emergency room. And at that moment, I made this declaration: I will never treat a patient like that ever in my life. And I hadn't yet become—I didn't get my license. I think I was just short of my license. But, but in that, I have had a lot of different clients that I've worked with, and you hear their despair, you hear the hopelessness, you hear their sadness, and to sit there and without judgment, and to be able to just say, "I don't, you know, I don't understand it, but I'm here to help you." And so, for me, just like you being in, the, in that. Um, with that situation happened, the medical situation, the same situation happened for me as well. I learned empathy. I learned compassion. I learned how to recognize that we're no different. Like we said earlier, we all, we all have the same struggles. Some may be a little different than others, but we need that compassion. We need that empathy. And I, I believe it's really made me um, a, a pretty compassionate therapist. And so, you know, I didn't like the situation at the time, but retrospectively, I realized how it really helped me become who I am today. Right. And I mean, look where you are today, right? So you've taken your gifts of empathy and healing, and, and you've multiplied it exponentially into radio shows and, and keep reaching out to books that you've written. So yeah, it's huge. I appreciate that. That's, Thank you. And you know, I'm, I'm sure there's so many people listening as well who can think of the same thing. You know, so perhaps right now, my viewers and listeners, take a moment to reflect on when it didn't make sense and you waited a little bit longer and how did things link together? Because I think if we forget that, then we just get stuck in the moment. And, so when we experience an event, we forget we've probably experienced something similar to that before. Maybe once again, the emotion, the situation may be different, but we've experienced grief before. We've experienced loss before. What did I do that worked for me to help me get through it? And what did I do that didn't work for me so I can avoid that? And so when we use our past history to be able to help us through something, we learn the lesson much more quickly and be able to launch forward into our next uh, destiny, our purpose. Yeah, I think, you know, I think especially these days, a lot of people kind of get stuck in the victim uh, yeah. mentality right and so getting out of that mindset is huge you need to, to say okay i'm here and, mm -hmm. and and look back and then find the way out climb out of that valley of yes. the shadow it's like yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> it says i walk through the valley it doesn't say i'll camp yeah. out in the valley but yeah, i walk yeah. through the valley of the shadow done. i um yeah. there's in psychology we have is called radical acceptance so radical acceptance means you accept the facts as they are it doesn't mean you like it doesn't mean you approve of it but you accept them so these are the facts and so when i look at the facts now i can say well what do i do with it and the way to kind of reframe that or think it think what radical acceptance really means is the quote trouble is inevitable but misery is optional so the trouble are the events. This is what's happened. I've looked at it, but the misery is my choice. Do I choose to sit in the misery? Now, of course, I'd never minimize grief because grief is a very important factor when it comes to healing and everyone has a different time frame of what grief looks like. But it is also important to recognize I don't have to sit in the misery. If I've experienced a loss, if I sit in that misery, that's my choice. And so I know it's hard for people to hear that at times or really recognize that, but it is true. The pain is there, but if you sit with that, with the misery of that and your life becomes miserable, and unfortunately, that's the outcome that you're choosing. And so once again, I say that with compassion because I've been there before. I've sat in that misery. But the recognition is we have the agency, we have the rights and the, the personal responsibility to make sure we can walk through that so we don't have that misery and we can start a life in, in a different way, even though this can be painful at first. But as you move forward, you'll find once again that your life is just as bright as it was before. Yeah, I think you've already psychoanalyzed me. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't want to say that. I do the same thing. You know, I mean, my mom died yeah. when I was a freshman and my dad died when I was a junior or in between oh, wow. junior and senior year. And his was horrific because my mom's was sudden. You can deal mm. with it. And then, yeah. but, but what, 
exactly exactly what you said you know you have a choice of being sad or not sad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and on the other hand especially with parents i do think going back and on birth dates or certain events to rememorialize those and feel the pain again is releasing so it's not like mm -hmm. you just compartmentalize it and wall it yeah. off and leave it leave it there forever i think it's important to revisit and then honor them otherwise what was their purpose on earth yeah well, I think that's a really good point is when we look at our life in general is, you know, I think in general, just making sure what legacy am I leaving for someone or for the people around me? You may have a big platform or not a big platform, but the people around you will remember you. And so it's, it's important to remember that every moment, every interaction we have kind of solidifies it. So think of a beach. A beach is a beach, but it's filled with these tiny grains of sand. So every event or every situation or every interaction you have with someone creates the type of beach that you want to have. And so when you think of it in that respect, we all create that legacy. And so what kind of legacy are you leaving? So for example, I'm talking to you today, you're leaving a legacy in this conversation, I'm leaving a legacy as well. And so the concept of being more mindful, more intentional, sometimes not even talking, just listening, can really create and spark something within someone else to help change, change their life as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, somebody asked me what I define as success, and I think it's relationships, right? It's how many mm -hmm. people can you touch their lives and yeah. understand what they're going through and give them a hand up. Yeah, it's true. And I like the, the hand up, the give them a hand up as well. That's, that's incredibly important. I've had situations like that before where I, I was surprised. But once again, people have been very kind in many different areas of my life that have given me that, that level up. And it's nice to be able to give that back to others as well because, you know, we're all – we're all human and we all, you know, if we help each other, you know, we all level up together as well. Yes, true. Now you wrote your book, once again, Saved, One Trauma Surgeon's True Account of the Miracles of His Life. With that book itself, are you, are you wanting to write more books? What, what kind of, what's next for you? Well, yeah, yes and no. Um, <laughs> in the very beginning, I talk, it's, it's just the, a glitch happened. And that mm -hmm. was the, you know, transfer from California to, um, Georgia. And so uh -huh. that being said, again, it seems like I'm feeling a calling in a same direction with gifts of teaching, empathy, and, and healing, but more like this, where I'm reaching out to yeah. people and inspiring them. And I'll, I'll touch more lives doing this, because I, I talk about that on medical mission trips. One of my friends is a tile layer. He's there wondering, like what you said, I don't have anything to, oh, yes, mm. you do. God's got a purpose yeah. for you on this trip. And he's putting in a well. And I asked him, how many people drink from that or can drink from that well? He goes, mm. 5,000 a day. And I go, you affect over, I don't know. <laughs> I, I will, I'll never operate on that many people Sir, on these trips. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then That's he realized, okay, you're right. You're right. You, mm -hmm. I'm touching more lives. So, like, like you doing these things and getting on platforms to be able to speak to people is huge. I'll, I'll touch more lives. And so, I'm getting pulled more in the leadership positions within medicine rather than hands-on operating. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Craig Thayer, our, our time just literally flew by. We could talk all day. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, purchase your book, Saved, One Trauma Surgeon's True Accounts of the Miracles of His Life. Where will they find all this information online? I believe in simplicity. So it's just my website, which is craigthayer.net. And you'll find every social media that, that I'm on and, uh, and how to get the book. Awesome. My viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information in any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and link you with Dr. Craig Thayer. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, sir. It's been an honor. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. 
Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.